All right, take your Bible, if you will, please. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to read three verses here. And really, this is just a starting point uh, for us tonight. Now, I'm going to try to preach tonight. I, I Recently, just in the last couple of weeks, I preached a, a uh, three-part series. Uh, and tonight, I'm going to try to preach it in, tonight. <laughs> Amen. Uh, so you pray really hard. Amen. And uh, somebody hears that, they'll start falling on the altar praying, and it won't be too long. But, but I'll try to preach fast. You listen fast and, and uh, say amen, and, and that'll help me along. And uh, even if you've got to throw a hypocritical amen out there, that, that'd be all right. That'll keep me on pace. Amen. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, if you will, please stand to your feet out of respect and reverence for the reading of the Word of God. I, I thought to myself, and I said to my wife on Wednesday when she was with me, I said, if I was going to join a church in Knoxville, it would be the Walbridge Baptist Church. And I meant that when I said it to her, and I mean it now that I'm saying it to you. And I appreciate uh, the opportunity to spend a few days here with you all, and again, for all your kindness. Chapter 3, verse 1, Paul's writing here uh, under this church. He says, if, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Now, it says, if you be risen with Christ, I am risen with Christ. Amen. Aren't you? If you're saved, you are. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. For Christ setteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things which are above, not on things on the earth. Now, I fear that a lot of us, what we've done, uh, we, we, we've dug our roots too deep on planet earth. Amen? Uh, and we need to focus not on these temporal things, but we need to start focusing on the eternal things. Verse 3, the Bible says, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father... I pray that you bless now the reading and the preaching of your word. God, uh, we need your help. I don't ask you to help us like this out of ritual or habit. Every time I stand, Lord Jesus, I need you to touch me. I need you to breathe upon me. Please, God, forgive me, Lord, where I failed you and where I've come short. Use me tonight in spite of myself, God. I just plead the blood. I thank you for the blood that cleanses from all sin. Thank you, Lord, for the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. Deal with hearts tonight how you see fit. Give me clarity of mind, clarity of speech. Anoint my mind. Anoint my mouth, God. And uh, give me liberty to preach. And give me power and unction to preach. And uh, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory, because certainly tonight we know that you deserve every bit of it. And everything, that, Lord, that we ask, everything that we request tonight, we ask in the precious name of your Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you can be seated. This Pauline epistle goes along with Paul's uh, epistle unto the, the Ephesians. Uh, I believe those two epistles, they, they complement one another. In fact, you can find many parallels uh, between those two epistles uh, here in the New Testament Scripture. In Ephesians, Paul, uh, by inspiration of God, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, uh, he emphasizes the fact that the church is the body of Christ, a Jew and Gentile uh, in one body. But here in this epistle, in this uh, general or Pauline epistle, the Paul's epistle unto the Colossians, he emphasizes Christ as the head of the church. And He is the head. He's preeminent, in fact. And the Bible says, if you look with me in chapter 1, we see the key verse to this entire book of the Bible. It's verse 18. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says that He, talking about the Lord Jesus, that he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, uh, the firstborn uh, from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Now, it says right here, 
that he's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Uh, I'm not a, a student uh, really, of, of the Greek language. I read commentaries and so forth. I, I took uh, Greek for one day, and, uh, and that, that was enough to convince me. When the, when, the, when the instructor said you have to spend 40 hours a week on this one class, I said, I'm opting out of this sucker. Amen? Hey, uh, I figure I can define the English word just like I can find out what the Greek says. Somebody say amen. But they say here that the Greek word that is used here, uh, in this verse of Scripture, uh, for, for, for the, the expression there, the firstborn from a day, that is where we get the word prototype. Uh, in other words, Jesus was the first person to ever raise, be raised from the dead by God that stayed alive. Now, we read the Old Testament. We think about the widow's son and so forth. We think about Lazarus in the New Testament and how the apostles even raised people from the dead. But eventually they all died again. But Jesus, the Bible says, is alive forevermore. Amen. He was dead, but now uh, he, he's raised. Amen. He's alive forever. We ever live it, the Bible says, uh, to make intercession for us. Uh, and in other scripture says that, that that's where Christ is. He's at the right-hand side of God. In Hebrews, it tells us he's there uh, to intercede for us. He is our advocate, the Bible says. He is our mediator. Uh, we know there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. Amen. He's a great high priest. Hallelujah. But here we see that Christ is preeminent. In this letter, that is the, that, that, in this epistle, that is the whole thrust of what Paul is trying to communicate throughout uh, all four of these chapters, that Christ is preeminent. That's why uh, this is the key verse here in chapter 1, verse 18. Now, with, with that emphasis of Him being preeminent, with that emphasis of Him being the, uh, the head uh, of the church, we see that the Lord is our all-sufficiency for every need. Amen. He's all we need. I said the other night, I think it was here, it might have been uh, back at fellowship, but I think it was the other night I said here that I spend a good portion of my time in the ministry as a pastor trying to, try to get God's people to see that they don't have to be miserable. Did I say that here? And that's true. Uh, and I also get, uh, spent a good portion of, of my work as, as a pastor trying to get God's people to see that, that, that He is all that they need. Christ really is all we need. His grace really is sufficient. Hey, thank God. We see here in chapter 1, uh, we see that, 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 that Christ's preeminence is declared. You can read throughout this chapter and you can see that uh, His preeminence is declared in, in creation. Amen. All things are made by Him, for Him. By Him all things consist. Hallelujah. Amen. We couldn't even take a breath tonight if God didn't allow it. Amen. If Jesus didn't allow us to breathe tonight, hey, uh, this, uh, we, we would be dead. And, and, if, and if the Lord didn't keep the planet Earth in space, it would all fall. All things are made by Him for Him. All things by Him consist. He is, he is preeminent uh, and is declared here in creation. You continue to read, you can see that He is preeminent in the cross. Thank God uh, for the cross. It's foolishness to those that believe not, but those of us that are saved is the power of God. Amen? Uh, and He's preeminent uh, in the church. Uh, and we see in this chapter that His preeminence is declared. Now, we move on to chapter 2. We can see that Christ's preeminence is defended. We read there how His preeminence is defended against vain philosophies, against uh, true legalism, uh, which I, I believe is adding unto the plan of salvation. And then, of course, mysticism is dealt with there as well. Christ's preeminence is, is defended in chapter 2. But in chapter 3, 
Uh, and also in chapter 4, Christ's preeminence is displayed. It is displayed through us as believers. Now, uh, we're not going to take time tonight because I told you I, I've got three sermons to preach to you, amen? So, so I'm, I'm hurrying. Uh, but we can find that, uh, that it is displayed through believers. It is displayed in chapter 3 through our personal purity. You know, I, I realize tonight uh, that all of my righteousness are as filthy rags. I mean, it doesn't say that our sin is as filthy rags in the sight of God. But the Bible says the very best that we can do, our own righteousness are the filthy rags in the sight of an almighty God. But you know, uh, we, we understand tonight, we believe tonight, that the righteousness that God sees is that, is that imputed righteousness through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we better, if we've not already done it, we better make sure that we submit ourselves unto the righteousness of God. Amen. We don't need to go about trying to establish our own righteousness tonight. But I will say this. There is such a thing as personal purity. There is such a thing as practical purity. Uh, Jesus told us uh, uh, that, that because He is holy, then we should be holy. Amen. God, help us tonight, hey, to display the preeminence of Christ through our own personal purity. You know, before we stayed, we had standards for Christians. Amen. When I was lost, I saw a Christian do something wrong. I was very quick to point it out. But now that we're saved, it's like, well, you know, after all, all I am is a sinner saved by grace. We all sin, preacher. And all I, and that's true. We know that. We understand that. But the thing of it is, we are to display the preeminence of Christ within our lives. We are to display the preeminence of Christ through our personal purity. And you know, we're to do it through Christian fellowship. You know, the Bible uh, tells us uh, uh, this also in chapter 3. Uh, you know, we can look at other scriptures and we can see that in the Gospel of John uh, that Jesus said uh, that, 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 this, that by this uh, the, the world that they shall know that, that, that they are my disciples, that you are my disciples because you love one another. Then John, in First John, he said, if you say that you love God whom you've not seen and, and hate your brother whom you have seen, then you're a liar. Now, I didn't write that. Amen. I'm just quoting it to you tonight. Amen. Uh, but the thing of it is, when, when lost people come and they see Christian love, charity, when they see that, 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 that children of God loving one another like a household of faith should love one another, then that is putting Christ, His preeminence on display uh, to, that, to that lost person and to the lost world. Fact is, a lot of times people look at Christian and they say, well, I don't want to be like that. Hey, God, help us tonight. We can continue to read down through chapter 3 if we were to do that tonight. And we can see not only a, a personal purity in Christian fellowship, but our home uh, is a way to display uh, the preeminence of Christ. Even at the workplace, if, if, if you look there uh, in chapter 3, you can see that is a place for us to display uh, the preeminence of Christ. You can go on to chapter 4 and we can read about our Christian witness and our, our Christian service and how that, uh, as believers, how that displays the preeminence of Christ. Now, Look with me back here in chapter 1. I'm going to read to you tonight. If you look with me, verse 9, uh, down through verse 14. And uh, verse 9, the Bible says, For this cause we also, since the day that we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled, and notice this, with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful unto every good work, uh, increasing in the knowledge of God, uh, strengthened with all might 
according to glorious power, and all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet uh, to be partakers of, of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us uh, into the kingdom of His dear Son, and whom we have redemption through His blood, even uh, the forgiveness of sin. Now, the first thing I, I want to point out to you here tonight is that we as children of God, we as Christians, as believers in Christ, uh, that, that, that our position is in the grace of God, and that we have been elevated. Now, that sounds almost like the, uh, a prideful statement for a Christian to say. But I want you to understand, it's nothing within myself has elevated me. But it's Christ Himself that has elevated you and has elevated me as a child of God. Now, I believe you'll start to understand what I'm saying as we go here. I, I, I preached last night about, you know, how, you know, where I was standing, standing afar off. You know, you think about that, the, the, the lepers there that was in sin. And, of course, we know that before we saved, we were dead. We were dead in trespassing and sin. The Bible says we walked according to the, uh, to the course uh, of this world. And, and our conversations in times past were after the lust of the flesh. And that, 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 that shows ourselves... Uh, in our depravity that shows herself in sin. Uh, we were in a place without hope. We we were in a place uh, uh, without hope, a place of spiritual poverty, uh, and a place of spiritual weariness. That's why Jesus had to say, "Come to me, all ye labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest." Uh, uh, we were in a place where uh, we we had broken hearts, uh, uh, shattered dreams, and we we had ruined relationships, uh, and all of that describes where we were before we were saved. It describes the condition of a lost sinner. Amen. Now you know what's funny to me. Most people admit that they're sinners. I mean, I, I'll witness somebody, and, I, and I, I'll read Romans 3.23 to them. For all of sin comes for the glory of God. And I say, I'm a sinner. And I said, and, 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 or, and you're a sinner. And the whole, everybody in this world, we're all sinners. Do you recognize you're a sinner? And, and I've never had anybody other than maybe a small child say to me, oh, no, I don't sin. Well, I take that back. I've had three people tell me that. Uh, I have three people tell me they don't sin. Two of them had to shoot a back in their mouth when they told me. Amen. <laughs> Hey, uh, but, 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 but most people are going to admit, yes, I'm a sinner. But what is hard to get them to admit, now listen to me now, what's hard to get them to admit, not that they're a sinner, but what's hard to get them to admit is they're a lost sinner. Amen. That they stand in need of a Savior. People use that expression, easy believism. I know what they mean. I know there's some folks that are reckless with their evangelism. Uh, but it's not hard to get somebody to believe. It's just hard to get them lost. Amen. But, but, but as a lost sinner, uh, we, we, we were in this place uh, of spiritual darkness. Uh, but the Lord lifted us up. Uh, the Lord, He elevated us uh, uh, by His grace. And we can see it here uh, in the Word of God that He did such a thing. Amen. The Bible says He has delivered us from the power of darkness. has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Now, I want you to notice a few things here in the Word of God with me. Look at verse 12. It says, Giving thanks unto the Father. I'm thankful tonight that God is my Father. Now, you hear people tell today that everybody's God's son, God's child, but that, that, that's contrary to the Word of God. The Bible says if, if you're not saved by the grace of God that you are of your father the devil. We're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. We're children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. 
Bible says, uh, uh, the Bible says in John chapter 1 that, that, that He came at His own, but His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, them gave the power to be sons of God, even to them that believe upon His name. Uh, so we, we see here, though, as children of God, uh, that, that, that He is our Father. Now, that relationship never changes. Don't you want to praise God for that tonight? Amen. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I, I know that the, the fellowship can be broken. And that's what we've got to understand. There's a difference between relationship and, and fellowship. And my relationship remains the same with God no matter what. I, and, you know, my, that fellowship can't be broken. I know there are times when me and my father, we had something between us. There's been times for me and my son, you know, that our fellowship has been broken. Amen. I can remember one time in particular that I was a teenage boy. And I'd come home with a couple of my friends. And I said, Daddy, I said, we're all going to go up here and spend the night. Is that okay? Can I do that? And it was raining outside, just pouring down the rain. It was a Sunday night. We was out of school on that next Monday for some reason. And my daddy said, son, you can go. He said, but I want you to go straight to their house, and I want you to stay the night. I don't want you going out anywhere else in this rain. Go straight there and stay there the rest of the night. I said, yes, sir. Well, about halfway through the night, a couple of them boys wanted to go in town for something. They asked me if I'd drive. I said, well, I reckon I will. And I got in that car, and I started going around them curves coming back into Maribel. And I hit one of them curves just a little bit too fast on that rainy night. And I literally ramped off of this hill into a field. Uh, and my my car rolled, and I landed on on my hood like this. Well, I was able to get out of that. There's one boy needed some stitches, and and I, I had a cut or two on my face, and the other boy was fine. But we got out of there, and there was a trailer close by, and I walked to that pouring down the rain, and I, I knocked on that lady's door, and I, and I said, "Ma'am," I said, "I've wrecked my car. I said I need to call my parents," and, and I, I called, and the whole time I said, "Lord God, please let my mom answer." Amen. And Daddy, our mama didn't answer the telephone. The Lord answered my prayer, even in my backslidden state. Amen. And I, I said, I said, Mama, I, 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 I've wrecked. And she said, Well, didn't your daddy tell you to go straight to that house to stay there? I said, Yes, ma'am, he did. He said, He said, Well, let me talk. Let you talk to your daddy. I said, I'd rather not. And she, she, and she, she said something to him, and he didn't come to the phone. And she, and she said, Well, your daddy said that he. He said, Where are you at? And I gave the ladies. The lady gave me the address. And I gave it. So, so we're sending a wrecker out there. Or perhaps maybe it's even the police that called it. I don't remember for sure. But the thing of it is, uh, he, this is what he said. I heard him in the background say it to my mom. He said, said, tell him he can find his own ride home. Uh, well, I did get my own ride home. And I, and I, and I followed that, uh, uh, that, that, that wrecker up the hill that we lived on. We had these six-foot windows, you know, in the house. And as I pulled in behind that wrecker and they dumped my car off, I could see my daddy standing in them windows. Gosh, he looked he looked a whole lot taller than six foot in them windows. I'm going to tell you that right now. And he was standing there, and I walk, I finally walked in, and I come in, and he's kept looking at that window, at that car, and I and he never turned around and looked at me. And I said, Daddy, and he said, Don't talk to me, son. And I didn't talk to him for three and a half years after that. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, but when he said, Don't talk to me, I didn't say yes, sir. I didn't say no, sir. I just this is the thing. He was still my daddy, and I was still his son, but we wasn't fellowshipping. Amen? We wasn't going to break any bread together. He might break something else on top of my head, but it wasn't going to be bread. Amen? 
Uh, and the point is that relationship, it stays the same. God is our Father. He has elevated us up. He has translated us. Uh, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Amen. Keep reading right here. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he gives us a position here in, in, in heavenly glory. The Bible says He's made us, verse 12, to be partakers of the inheritance of saints and light. Thank God. Heirs of God. Join heirs with Jesus. Verse 13, we've already pointed out that we're translated, that Bible says, uh, it, uh, He translated us into the kingdom of, of His dear Son. Verse 14, uh, you can see there, the Bible says, to whom we have redemption through His blood. That word redemption means, means that we were loosed after a payment uh, 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 of a ransomed price. Thank God. He paid our sin debt. Amen. And then it says, even the forgiveness of sins. I'm saying tonight that we've been elevated. Amen. We ought to set our affections on things which are above because we've been elevated. Amen. We, we, ought to be, we ought to set our affections on things above tonight because we've been enlightened. Praise the Lord. All, our, all of our, our power, all the privileges that we have, our position uh, uh, as a son of God, uh, He has given us wisdom. He has given us uh, uh, understanding. Uh, the, the new life that we have in Christ Jesus, our new position in the grace of God, it shows us the emptiness of that old life. When I got saved, man, or before I got saved, I thought I was all right. I mean, I, 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 did, I, I mean, I was just going about my way. I didn't, I didn't think I needed religion. I didn't think I needed forgiveness. I didn't think I needed salvation. And, 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 I, and I was happy just like I was. At least that's what I thought. But when the Lord saved me, and He made a new creature out of me, and I looked back on that old life, I, I saw the emptiness of it. Amen. Praise God for that new life. Now look at verse 9 with me again. For this cause also we, uh, since the day we heard, do not cease to pray for you, desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We have been, we have been elevated, but we've also been enlightened. I mean, in the grace of God, we've been enlightened. Uh, verse 10, the Bible says that we, it says, it says that we've been enlightened, that we'd have the wisdom and, and spiritual understanding, that we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful to every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. The Bible says we ought to grow in grace and in knowledge. Is everybody with me? We ought to grow in grace and in knowledge. But God gives us a certain amount uh, at that point. Uh, let me read a verse of scripture. You can turn there with me if you want, or you can just, just listen to me read, but, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, familiar verse, verse 14, the Bible says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are not spiritually discerned. Now look at that verse again. I mean, this, that, we say, well, why do they act that way? Well, that's because that's the way lost people act. We expect sinners not to sin. It's their nature, just like it's our carnal nature, to sin against God. I mean, have you ever have you ever watched maybe uh, some kind of political show or something, and, and there's somebody on there, he's got three or four doctorate degrees, and, and if he talks about uh, something political, if he talks about probably any other subject, man, he sounds like he's, he, man, he's got it, amen? I mean, he sounds intellectual. I mean, that guy's a whole lot smarter than we'll ever be. And then he begins to talk about something spiritual, and you think, hey, man, that guy's a blooming idiot. 
I can pick some kid out of the junior church and, you know, pull him up there and he's got more spiritual sense than that guy. Amen. It's because they cannot discern the spiritual things. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness. Everybody thinks you're a fool tonight because you come to the Walworth Baptist Church on, on a Saturday night. Hey, man, they, hey, they got they, they people I went to high school with. Hey, they, they think I'm wasting my life pastoring some church. Hey, man, they think we're fools because we believe that Bible. They say, how can you believe? How can you reject, reject evolution? Well, I guess it's a theory that a lot of people rejected until we got, we got snookered to public schools by it. Amen. Uh, I mean, how, how can you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? You're, you're foolish for believing that. Uh, you're foolish for believing that Jesus rose from the dead. All that preaching, all, all that Bible talk, that's foolishness. But thank God, we, uh, but, but we thought the same thing before we were saved by the grace of God. Amen. It says here that the, that the, that, that by which, in verse 13, it says, by which things also that we speak not in the words which, which man's wisdom teacheth, but that the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. We're talking about being enlightened here. Now, in verse 10, I'm not sure if I read it or not. I think I did. It says that we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Now, the reason why he gives us enlightenment, the reason why uh, the, the Paul... Want us to have all this spiritual wisdom and, and spiritual understanding is so that we can walk worthy. Now that's what the verse says there in verse ten. Now it's not that we that, that as we walk worthy, uh, or let me say, let me rephrase that. It's not that our walk in Christ makes us worthy. Are you following me? It's not that our walk makes us worthy, but but it means because of Christ's work in us that we can walk in such a way that, that makes us worthy to be called a child of God. We can, that we can walk in such a way that's pleasing unto the Lord. It means right there, that talk about that walking worthy, it means that, that you walk in a manner that is befitting a child of God. Now, that's what we've got to get a hold of. We are to walk in such a manner that is befitting a child of God. I'm going to read another verse, just a couple pages over here in Philippians chapter 1. Verse 27, the Bible says this, Only let your conversation, we know that is not just your talk, but that's your walk, right? right? Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Amen. Our manner of life, only let it be, your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. We're to live up to our position in the grace of God. We're to walk in such a way that pleases the Lord and that is befitting of a child of God, that it doesn't bring disgrace to the Lord and to the gospel of Jesus Christ. God help us. Amen. But we've got to set our affection on things above, like chapter 3 says. We continue to read down through here. And we, we can see where it talks about being fruitful. Do you see that? We'll be fruitful in our love. Be fruitful in our works. I read your signs. I come in. Faith without works is dead. James said, you, you, James said let, let me show you my faith by my works. Right. Amen. We are as workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, the Bible says. Before ordained that, that, that we're to walk in them. We're, we're, we're to walk not only uh, that, that, we can, that, that we can display Christ in our love and our works, but we're to walk in, in obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, we're, we're to walk uh, uh, in holiness. We're, we're to walk uh, uh, in a way that would bring honor and glory to, to the Lord. Uh, uh, listen, hey, people of God should be different because we are different. 
We've been changed. We've, we've been made a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I, I tell you what, I, I've lived a lost person's life. I've lived a Christian's life that is, that is striving to, to walk as close to God as I can walk. But I have to confess to you tonight that I've also lived a bachelor's life. I remember as an 18, 19-year-old boy, I was in a place where I shouldn't have been. And everybody was having a good time. The music was playing. Everybody was laughing. Everybody was singing. Everybody was having a good time. And I sat at a table, miserable. And Brother Toby, you know, man, I like a good time. I mean, I laugh. I carry on. Amen. And I believe that's good medicine. But, I, but I've sat at that table visible, and, and the Lord's speaking to me in my backslidden state, saying, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. This is not where you should be. You're, you're one of my children. And, and that conviction was real to me. And I knew at that point in my life that I was not walking in a way that was befitting the gospel. I was not walking in a way that was befitting a child of God in a manner that would be pleasing to Him. And as time went on and God continued to deal with me as an 18, 19-year-old boy, I began to set my affections on things which are above like I should as a child of God. Now, I've failed God many times since then. Probably I've failed God more times since then than I have before then. Uh, but, but praise God, I'm thankful that, that, that He has elevated me as a child of God. I'm thankful that He has enlightened me as a child of God, and, and He's helped me to be fruitful uh, uh, in the work of the Lord. Amen. I want you to look here. Verse 11 through 16. The Bible says, Strengthen us with all might, according to His glorious power, and all patience, long-suffering, with joyfulness. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet for partakers for the inheritance of the saints in light, who delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated unto, into uh, the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even to forgive us of sin, who is the, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn uh, of every creature. For by Him were all things created that, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible, uh, and, and invisible, whether they be thrones or whether they be dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him for Him. And then it says, verse 17, keep, keep reading here, that, that, that He is, is before all things, and, and by Him all things consist. And then that gets back to verse 18 where it says that He is the head of the body and of the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things that, we, that, that He might have preeminence. Now, He has he is elevated us. Somebody say amen. amen. He has enlightened us. Amen. But He has also empowered us. Yes. Now, we can read in those latter verses that we read. We can see the power of God. Yeah. The power of Christ. In verse 11, it tells us there, it says, that we filled with all knowledge and all of His wisdom and spiritual understanding. Uh, but but, but we, we can see the power of God within these verses. And, and He has empowered us as His children. That power, it gives us patience. Amen. And He's empowered us to live a life that's pleasing unto Him and to serve Him. I, I just happen to think of a story that just crossed my mind here. I, I, I read this in a book here a while back about this, this little boy. He was, he was planting flowers with his mama. And they, they, they were digging. Some of the flowers growed up. And, and he looked back and he, he says, says, You know why flowers grow, mama? She said, Why, honey? 
He said, because they want out of the dirt. That's why Christians grow. Amen. Because we, we, we want out of the dirt. And, hey, before I say it, I did not want out of the dirt. I wanted in the dirt. Amen. But God elevated me. God enlightened me. And God empowered me through His grace, you say. Now, let me say this. He gives us, he, he gives us power, or His power, rather. He gives us patience. Now, I'm not a patient person by nature. I'm one of them fellows that, that if you sit at a green light for three seconds, I'm going to blow my horn at you. Amen. I, I want the Tennessee State Highway Patrol to ticket everybody that goes slow in the left lane. Are you with me, brother? I feel a kindred spirit with you. I mean, I gotta wash myself. I mean, I, I mean, here a while back, I was driving just me, and my, just me and my son, and this woman was going kind of slow in front of me, and I heard my son in the back say, "Go, woman." I thought, Lord Jesus, help me. I, I, I've been created a monster, amen. I stand, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that stands in the microwave, puts it on 15 seconds, says, hurry, 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 hurry. You know, I'm fussing at the, at the drive-thru, went at a fast food restaurant, somebody say amen. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the most patient person in the world. Hey, but God give, give, gives us patience when we need it, amen. And He gives us long-suffering. The Bible says long-suffering with all joyfulness. You know, you can read this, this passage here in Colossians. You can compare it. And, and what, what we see right here, it describes a spiritual condition that brings forth the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I, I, I'm, going, I'm not going to take time to look for the fruit of the Spirit, but you can see it's true if you compare Scripture with Scripture. You can see here in, in the Scripture, it says that we were, we were strengthened. We, that word strengthened means enabled. He strengthens us. He enables us. To, to live in such a way that's pleasing to the Lord. The Bible says, if you look at the verses, it said, with all his might. That means his authority. Yeah. Amen. Right. And glorious power. That glorious power, that means power that, that, that is beyond the ordinary. That means power that, that, that is beyond human. It is supernatural power. It is not power that we can conjure up within ourselves. It is the power of God in our lives. He strengthens us, enables all might and power, glorious power. And, and that word patience, that means endurance. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, you've got to endure to the end. They, they use the Scripture out of Matthew chapter 24, verse 13. I believe it's verse 13 where it talks about endure to the end. We know that's, that's, that's tribulation Scripture. Amen? Uh, I, you know, I don't endure my Christian life. I enjoy it, praise God. But, you know, there are some things in life you're going to have to endure. And I know that verse that they make reference to doesn't apply here. But if you read First Peter, Second Peter, isn't that where you're going to be studying? You can see that there's a lot, lot going to be, that there was a lot of persecution that Peter was warning those Jewish Christians about. And I believe that some of that is, it points to the day in which we live in these last days. And we're going to have to endure some things, amen? And we're going to have to have some patience, praise God. Patience with people and patience with persecution and patience with suffering. I, I, you know, I said I didn't have to have patience, but I'm learning patience. There's a girl, I, I, I said that about having that heart attack. There's a girl that I went to high school with. She's a sister-in-law of one of my church members. And she had found out that I'd had that heart attack. She'd come to visit me. And she'd had a heart attack. I didn't know it until she came to the hospital to see me. But she'd had a heart attack just uh, about, about a year before that. And she was giving me advice, you know. And, and, and if she said one time in a ten-minute conversation, she said, you're going to have to go at your own pace. 
And I thought I knew what she meant. You know, if somebody's walking fast ahead of me, don't don't try to catch up with them. Of course, that's never been a problem for me. Usually, you know, usually I'm the one that everybody's saying slow down to. Amen. Uh, but 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 I but I thought I knew what she meant. But then, as I as I got into this thing, got on this medicine, all this stuff, I realized I'm going to, have to go at my own pace. <laughs> she gave me excellent advice because I can't do everything that I used to do. Now I believe there's going to be a time where I can. I mean, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. So, who, sister, was it you? Who was it? Said their husband had a heart attack. Yeah, and said said about six months before you got feeling back yourself, uh, back to yourself. And, I, and I'm looking forward to that. I've got it marked down on my calendar. Amen. Uh, but 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 I, but I but I can't do everything everybody wants me to do. I've got to go at my own pace. Amen. Uh, and and that 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 is very. I don't want to say discouraging, but that's really the right word. That is very discouraging for me. I, 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 listen, I, I, I'm one of them fellows that, that I want my wife to, and I want my children and I want my church to think I'm Superman. And you say, well, that's pride. I guess it is, but I'm just telling you. Uh, but but, but I, I've had to learn some patience with myself, with my, with my, my limitations, and, uh, and, and I've had to endure some things. Uh, and maybe that's God teaching me something. And I've just got to trust Him and walk by faith every day. And whatever you're going through in your life, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to trust God and walk by faith day to day. He'll, he'll teach us patience. He'll teach us endurance where we can go through something and come out the other side. Brother Toby, when I first started pastoring, we'd have something go crazy in a church. And man, that's all I could do is lay around and think about that. And I'd be doing something else. I'd be worried about what was going on in church and so forth. Now, you know, the building would be burned down. I'm like, well, let her burn. I mean, I've learned, hey, that, that you've got to, when you've endured some things, you'll learn, hey, what's important and what's not important. Amen. Endurance, patience, long suffering, that's forbearance. That means, hey, what that means right there is standing when everybody else is falling. Amen. Man, I hear about a preacher that falls. Man, it discourages me. I, I've got, I've got church members right now that, if God don't do something real quick in their lives, they're going to be out of church. They're going to be out of the will of God. And I see it happening. And you want to do everything you can do to help them. Hey, but if they don't see it, they're going to be out. But that's discouraging as well. Hey, but there's people that are quit, people that will fall out. But you've got to go even when they fall. Amen. If Brother Toby Weber, if he gets out of God's will, don't you get out of God's will. Amen. So, hey, you keep going and be long-suffering. You, you exercise forbearance. Stand when others are falling. And do it with joyfulness, cheerfulness. I mean, hey, this Christian life is not something that's got to be endured. Man, I, I go witness. Uh, I don't go witness her. She say, uh, I, I, go, I go visit this lady. She's a mother of two individuals in my church. She goes to another church. She actually goes to the church where, who was my, the pastor my, was my sixth grade teacher. And uh, he paddled me more than once. Amen. One time, my underwear paddled me. Amen. We was at camp. We went. The school went to camp, and I got in a fight with this boy. And we, it was right before bedtime, and uh, and he come in right as we was fighting. And he, he said, he said, all right, boys, bend over. And I reached for my britches. He said, you got in a fight in your underwear. You gonna get a whipping in your underwear? Amen. <laughs> it stings a little bit more when you you know you don't have that extra padding there. You know, hey. But but I but I go visit this lady, and, and man, she's dying. Unless God intervenes, she's dying. But she is so happy 
so cheerful, so joyful. Last night I got home, Brother Tobin, Sister Lee, and, and, uh, and Lawrence, we went out to eat. And I probably got home somewhere, I don't know, maybe 1045, something like that, Brother Toby. And, uh, and about, about 11 o'clock, and, I, and I, I told one of my ladies, her husband was, was near death, and I told her, that I, said, I said, I'll stop by on the way, way home from the meeting. It was a little bit later than I thought, and I thought, well, it might be too late. But I texted her when I got home, and uh, about 1045, and she said, she said, I knew you was away preaching. And uh, she said, Brother Fred went home to be with the Lord at 10.30. This couple have been married for 60 years. They, 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 boy, I'm telling you, they, they, I mean, they, they, they're the marriage that everybody wants. I mean, I, I've, he, he, I'll be over visiting, and he'll say, he'll, he'll say, sing, honey. And she'll stand up and sing. And he'll just sit there and cry and weep. Say, I love to hear her sing. And they kiss one another. She, <laughs> that's probably in a good story I should tell in church, but you are the pastor, so I will. <laughs> she, we've had a, we had a sweetheart's banquet. And everybody was going around telling how they met. She, and this was like like sixty something years ago, you know. She said said that he was in the car and with, with my brother, and I and me and my sister had to climb in, and said there's no place. She said I, I sat down in his lap, and, and she said she said and, and uh, I never got up. <laughs> and, and he said that's all it took. I sat down in my lap, you know. <laughs> and happy all these years. She's on I me. Mean, I mean they married when she was like eighteen years old, and. And, and, and I called her today, and I talked to her a little bit, and I, I thought, man, Miss Martha's going to have a hard time. But she's happy as a lark. She said, he's been talking about the streets of gold. I know that's where he's at. She said, I'll miss him, preacher, but, he, but, but he's not struggling with his breathing anymore. And, and, and praise God. I mean, that joyfulness, that cheerfulness, I mean, you could hear it in her voice. And when I talked to her and saw her in her face, you could see it in her eyes. Amen. I'm saying that the, the, the power of Christ, it elevates us. The, the, the power of Christ, that, that, that it enlightens us and, and it enables us, it empowers us. I'll tell you one story and I'm done. Now, going back to our Scripture. Going back to our Scripture. It says here, it says, that we're to set affection on things which are above. Or not, not things... That, not the things that are on earth. Right? right? It's because of our position, verse 1. Because of our position in the grace of God. Elevated. Enlightened. Empowered. I got this book of illustrations at the house. It's an old one. I'm not even sure where I got the book. And uh, I just picked it up the other day. And it was kind of skimming through it. Just reading different stories. And, so, and, and this is supposedly a true story. Uh, according to this book, anyway. I think it was World War Two. Uh, it could have been World War One, but I'm thinking World War Two, if I remember correctly. And there was—I don't know if it's like if it's a, it was like a cargo plane, but it was in wartime. And 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 and, and while they got up and they were on this mission, and they was carry, carrying this whatever they was carrying, and they said they realized they heard it between the the doors, the the met, between the, uh, the the metal. You know, there's two sides of the metal, and inside the metal, they could hear that there was something in there. And they realized that it was a rat. And they had to go a good distance with this cargo. And they knew they couldn't turn back. And they knew they couldn't get to the rat. So they were concerned that they were going to, you know, to eat some of the wires and things that could hinder the plane and cause the crash. And the pilot had an idea. And what he did, he hit that stick. And that thing went straight up as high as it could go, just towards the sun, towards the sky. And what that did... That, that, that got that, got that that rat 
up to a certain point where it didn't have any oxygen. And that rat died. And, and, I, and I thought about that, and, I, and I, about that plane, that pilot, that rat, and, and the, the remedy to the problem. It, it, it just told the story. It didn't give like any kind of application. But, but I thought the remedy to that problem, it was altitude. And, and, and when, you know, sin begins to creep up on us, if we'll just if we'll just go high, yeah, amen. Right. If we just go higher than we were, praise God. I mean, if we'll just set our effects on things which are above, go go to God, setting our sights on the Son of God. If we'll do that, as that sin creeps up on us, if we creep towards Him, those sinful desires they'll decrease in our lives. Amen. Man, we're Christians. It doesn't make us better. I mean, I mean, we know that. We're not better than anybody else. If it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd be in hell. But the Lord has elevated us. Lifted us up out of that miry clay. And He has enlightened us. Given us a spiritual understanding that this lost world does not have. And He's enabled us. That we can walk in such a way and live in such a way that pleases the Lord and displays the preeminence of Christ to this world. Now, you know, I don't believe, you know, people, they talk about lifestyle evangelism. They said, you believe in lifestyle evangelism? I do believe in lifestyle evangelism. But not only lifestyle evangelism. I mean, I don't believe, you know, I, 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 I've, I've tried to live a Christian life and but I've never had anybody just say, hey, you remind me so much of Jesus. Will you tell me how to be saved? I've never had anybody do that to me. Now, I had somebody, before I trimmed my beard, Brother Toby, and I had my sunglasses, so they called me a rock and roll Jesus. I don't think it was a compliment, though. Amen. And, 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 I, and I, had, I had a fellow one time, this is a true story. I, I, it was late night. Can I just talk to you? This is the last night of revival. I'm going home. I'm sure some of you all glad, but... <laughs> But I got off at air elevator at Bluntmore Hospital, probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. It's late. And I walked through there. And as I, as I got off, there was a man that was going getting ready to get on the elevator. And he stopped. And I was walking this direction. I was going out. And I, for, he just gave me the creeps. You ever look somebody in the eye and they just gave you the creeps? Yeah. I, oh, I'm sorry. Toby is your pastor. <laughs> I love you, brother. Hey, but, but it's something about him just bothered me. And I looked around. And when I looked around, he was standing there and he was like. And I looked again. And he said, oh, how did he say it? I want to say it just like he said it. He said, I perceive that thou art a man of God. And I said, um, yeah, I'm a preacher. I'll see you later. Amen. Amen. But I've never, never had anybody. I've sat on planes with people and I've never had anybody say, you remind me of Jesus. Could we spend this next three hours talking about talking about the Lord? Yeah. But having said that, and I believe there's power in the gospel. Faith comes from hearing, hearing by the word of God. We've got to give the Bible. We've got to give the gospel. Amen. But but listen though, if we're not living a consistent life, if we're not living in a way that's befitting to the child of God, there's nobody going to listen to us. We've got to live a life that that that, that displays the Son of God. 
And God help us, hey, uh, to, to walk worthy and to, and to be pleasing to the Lord. I, I'm fearful that, that, that in these last days, if, if some of us as, as, as true believers don't get right with God, we're going, hey, that we're, we're going to be held accountable for it at the judgment seat of Christ. Man, we've been given a, a big responsibility, a large responsibility. You know, I'm a pastor. You know, there's qualifications in the Bible for pastors. And that's a big responsibility. But did you know you're a Christian? Well, what's a, what's a bigger deal? Me being a pastor, or Brother Toby being a pastor, or us being children of God? A child of God. An heir of God. A joint heir with Jesus. Which is a bigger deal? I, I, I'll tell you one more story, and I'm done, Brother Toby. I was, I was getting my oil changed. I was in this place, and, and, and I, this fellow, I was just reading the paper, you know. It's the only time I ever read the paper when I'm waiting, you know. And this fellow said to me, he, he said, uh, I don't know how he started the conversation, but, but, but what, he, what I realized he was doing at some point, he was trying to witness to me. And so I just kind of let him do it. And finally, he, he, he came out with it, and he said, he said, he said are, are you a Christian man? I said, yes, I am. He said, are you saved? I said, yes. He said, are you going to heaven? And I, and I, said, I, said, I kind, of, kind of laughed a little bit, because uh, I, I, was, I was excited that somebody was witnessing to me, you know. And I didn't answer that last question. And the way I said, I said, well, sir, and I reached in my pocket and I gave him one of our tracts from our church. I said, sir, I said, I'm the pastor of the Fellowship Baptist Church. He looked at it. He said, that's great. But you didn't answer my question. That's right. Amen. And I smiled. And he said, I'm glad you're a pastor. But do you know for sure if you die, you go to heaven? I said, yes, sir. I said, I'm going to heaven. He said, how do you know that? I said, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I believed in the death and the burial and resurrection. Listen, people, people, I, like, I, like, I like being called the preacher. Yeah. I mean, I like it. Yeah. Now, now you say, well, is that, is that pride? Well, I don't know if it is or not. But the Bible says he that desireth the office of a bishop. Yeah, right. You know? when I, I mean, people they'll say, hey, preacher, hey, preacher. I can be, be at your church, somebody else's church, and, and they'll say, hey, preacher, talking to their preacher. and I'm, yeah. It's kind of like when you're in a crowd and you hear some kids say, daddy. You know? yeah, right. And I like being called daddy. Amen. But I tell you what, they ain't nothing. They ain't nothing better than being called a child of God. Amen. I've said enough for a time. You take it.